The scripture this morning is taken from Judges 6, 1 to 6 and 11 to 16. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian was so impoverished, the Israelites, sorry, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash, the Arbezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, every one of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray for Dindi. Our Lord, it is my delight and pleasure and privilege to pray this morning for Dindi. Lord, I thank you for her love for you, her love for prayer and for your word. And I ask, Lord, this morning that you would anoint her with your words of truth and life, Lord, that you would open our hearts and minds and spirits to receive your transforming word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Di. Good morning. Thank you for the privilege of allowing me to speak to you. It means a lot, and I hope it encourages some of the other preachers in our midst today. Well, we're studying the book of Judges. We have been throughout August, and this is our last session, as Mark mentioned, and we're studying Gideon today. So we're reading out of, uh, studying out of Judges 6 and 7. Now, I'm titling this A Reluctant Hero. We know what a hero is. I mean, we love heroes, don't we? Reading about somebody who put the needs of other people before their own. A hero. But what's reluctant mean? And for those of you who are not native English speakers, having worked with English conversation for many years, 
I love to bring out new words in case you're not familiar with that word. Somebody who's reluctant is kind of cautious. Maybe they're struggling a little. They're uncertain, unsure. For example, if somebody says, I was in, uh, my friends invited me to go for a walk in the park with them, but I was reluctant to go. I didn't feel like it. I wasn't sure. So we have a reluctant hero. But the good news is God brought him, forgive my alliteration, I like the use of certain letters in words, from reluctant to ready. He went from being hesitant to being a hero. I have another one too. He went from being uncertain to unstoppable. All right. And this is the good news. This is a message of exhortation. Be prepared. If you're depressed or unhappy, I don't know what to tell you except that I want to encourage you today. God wants to encourage you. This is a message of encouragement. Now, we know in the book of Judges that there were cycles, okay? Unhealthy cycles, really, because what happened was that after, looking at the time here, after the death of Joshua, the next generation forgot about God. In many ways, they forgot what he had done and all the wonders he had performed in freeing them from slavery in Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. They, they didn't worship God only. They began to worship the gods around them, which can easily happen to people. And in fact, they did it so much so that God kind of just let things slide as far as helping them to conquer the peoples around them. In fact, as we just heard from Di reading it in Gideon, in uh, Judges chapter 6, the Midianites were oppressing Israel. The peoples around the Israelites began to oppress them. And when things got really bad, they cried out to God, Help us, God! We're sorry! And God, in his mercy, would raise up a judge to conquer the peoples around them. After that, the land would be peaceful as long as that judge was alive. When the judge died, the whole thing started over again. This was the cycle we read about in Judges. So at this point in our story, we see the Midianites have oppressed Israel for seven years. They've ruined the crops that were planted. They've killed the livestock. So there's a legitimate problem here. And Gideon is uh, not exactly a conqueror at this point. In fact, he's hiding, threshing wheat in a wine press, hiding from the Midianites. But when the Israelites cried out, God, first thing he did, he gave them a teaching moment. He sent a prophet. And the prophet said, you know what? You guys have forgotten to worship the one true God. You've not been listening or obeying him, and that's why all this has happened to you. But God was planning to raise up Gideon in his mercy. And the angel of the Lord, which is a way of saying in the Old Testament, the appearance of God, is called a theophany, for those of you who like big words. 
And God, the angel of the Lord, appeared to Gideon under an oak tree where Gideon was threshing wheat to hide it in a wine press. And he said something that must have surprised Gideon. Remember, he's hiding the wheat. And God says, God is with you, mighty warrior. And I imagine he looked around and said, is there somebody else here? You know, who's he talking to? Can't be me. And here's, I'm going to weave in some exhortation as we go along. Do you ever feel like that? You know, God maybe wants to call you something that you don't feel at all. God is with you, prophet of God. God is with you, preacher, evangelist. God is with you, man of God, woman of God, child of God. What? Me? No, no. But you remember in Romans 4, Abraham's told, God calls things that are not as though they are. He sees something in you. He saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see, but we will see did in fact happen. And Gideon said, well, if God is with us, why? Why, why, why is all this happening? We feel that God's abandoned us. We don't feel he's with us at all. God didn't argue with him. God is smarter than that. (laughs) And when we have questions, it doesn't mean that God is upset. He wasn't upset with Gideon. But here's what he answered him. Go in the strength you have and save Midian. And then he said, am I not sending you? Now, Gideon may have felt like, the strength I have, okay, this much. And I need, you know, this much. We've heard how big the army is from Midian and the peoples around them. God, I only have this much strength. He said, go in the strength you have. Because God is sending you, he'll make up the rest of the strength. Okay? Remember, Paul said also in 2 Corinthians 12, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When we're weak, God's strength kicks in and makes up the difference. But here's something very important that's very key that I think we need to remember. He said that he was sending Gideon. Sometimes we want to send ourselves, to be honest. We think we know what to do. We think we know best, and we think we'll get started, and God promised to help us. Where is he? You know? So this is the time to do your homework, to find out, did God really send me? Did God really ask that of me, or did I ask that of me? Is this my idea or his idea? So just be aware of that. But if he is sending you, you can be confident you'll get there. Okay? If he's sending you. And he was. But then Gideon said, wait a minute, hold on. The strength I have? No. I'm very weak. I'm very weak. In fact, my clan in Manasseh is not very strong, and I'm the least in that clan. I'm extremely weak, God. Does this conversation remind you of anyone else you ever heard of? Remember Exodus 3, the burning bush, Moses? 
Oh, God, no, not me. I'm not saving Israel uh, out of uh, out of Egypt's hand. Oh, no. Remember that conversation? God is used to this. <laughs> Didn't surprise him. But he said the same thing to Gideon that he said to Moses. Look back sometime when you have time. Five words. Very important words. I will be with you. I will be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. He told Gideon, he told Moses, and he'll tell you, I will be with you. Don't be afraid. Gideon had every reason to be afraid. The Midianite camp was as the, like a swarm of locusts, the army of the Midianites. They had so many camels, they couldn't be counted, like sand on the seashore. And here's Gideon, and he's like afraid, and God says, you're a mighty warrior. Go in the strength you have, I'm sending you, I'm with you. That's the setting we have. You can imagine why he was reluctant, hesitant, struggling a bit, uncertain. So he says, okay, I need to know if this is really you, God. So I'm going to prepare an offering of meat and of unleavened bread, and I'm going to bring it to you. Because if you're God, you'll accept my offering. I need to know who you are for sure. And God says something, if you look at it, it's actually one of the most remarkable statements. Jesus, God, the Lord, the angel of the Lord, says to Gideon, okay, I'll wait for you. God waited while he prepared a meal. You know, talk about patience. (laughs) If you ever wonder if God's patient, think back. He waited while Gideon took a goat out of the herd, you know, prepared it, made unleavened bread and broth and brought it to him. He put it on a rock, put the the offering on a rock, and fire came down and consumed it, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And Gideon was sure he was going to die because he'd seen God face to face, and God said, you won't die. It's okay. So Gideon built an altar called the Lord's Peace. Amazing, amazing. So he's beginning to see, wow, maybe God's in this after all. Maybe God's calling me. Maybe God's speaking to me. He's going from reluctant to maybe a little less reluctant. I think any of us would, having had a conversation with God like that. So then God says, okay, now you're ready for your first assignment. What is it? I want you to go and I want you to tear down your father's altar to the false god Baal and the Asherah pole next to it, these false worships. And I want you to take a bull from his herd and I want you to build a proper altar to the Lord God and I want you to sacrifice that bull on that altar. Yes, sir, Gideon. But Gideon's still pretty reluctant, you know, a little bit questioning, so he does it at night. He was still afraid. Granted, it's okay. It was scary times. He does that. And in the morning, the men of the 
village come out and they say, oh, who did this? And they figure out it's Gideon and they said, he's got to die. But Gideon's father steps in, saves his life basically, and says, now hold on a minute. This is Baal's altar. Let Baal defend himself or let Baal contend. And that's why Gideon is sometimes called Jerob Baal. Let Baal contend, let Baal defend himself. Wow, well, he's escaped uh, dying now a couple of times. (laughs) So obviously his um, willingness to become ready to serve God and to answer the call is probably growing a little bit anyway. So what happens next? Okay, the Midianite army gathers. They want to fight. They want to go to war. And Gideon has something remarkable happen. The Spirit of God comes upon him. In the book of Judges, we read that happened with Jephthah, as Mark shared, Deborah, so many of the judges, the Spirit of God comes upon them for that task. And let me just exhort us here. We need the Spirit of God to come upon us, don't we? We can say, yes, Lord, we can be willing to go from being reluctant to ready. But if God does not come upon us and anoint us and help us, we're helpless. We don't become strong. We stay weak. So it's very important that we ask God's Spirit to help us, to come upon us in power in power. He's there. He's willing. He's able. So Gideon blows his trumpet, and people start to come from all over. The Israelites gain confidence along with Gideon gaining confidence. Well, God's doing something here. And Gideon still being probably a pretty normal person in some ways, is still wondering, I'm, I'm pretty sure that God's with me. I'm pretty sure that he wants to use me, but I need to put out a fleece. And some of you have heard of what's called Gideon's fleece. When you're not sure, you sometimes ask God to prove himself in some way, confirm his call. Well, Gideon does that. He takes a wool fleece, and he says, God... I'm going to put it on the ground overnight. And if that fleece will be wet and the ground around it dry, I'll know you're going to save us from Midian by my hand. Sure enough, in the morning, the fleece is soaking wet. He brings out an entire bowl of water from it. But the ground is dry. And our friend Gideon says, well, God, don't be angry, please, but um, just one more test, please. Can you just do the opposite? Make the fleece dry and the ground wet overnight? Now, I think you'll agree with me. This is pretty amazing that he's testing God, and God does not get upset. Now, think about it. Notice the difference when the Israelites said, God, can you prepare a table in the wilderness? There's kind of a rebellious attitude there. Whereas with Gideon, he really does want to serve God. He just needs help and confirmation and encouragement. His heart is different. It's not in a rebellious mode, I don't think. You can think for yourself what you believe about that. But 
I want to encourage you that if you have questions along the way, if you need confirmation from God, I'm not suggesting fleeces, but I'm saying ask God to show you. Ask him to speak to you through other people, through prayer, whatever ways he chooses, through a dream, which we'll see later in a minute. So God does speak to Gideon, and now Gideon thinks he's ready. He has 32,000 men who've rallied around him to help him. God says, no, uh uh-uh, too many. What do you mean, God? This Midian army's huge. No, too many, because if you succeed, you'll think it's your strength and not the strength of God. So tell every one of these men that's trembling with fear to go home, 22,000 leave. That leaves 10,000. Gideon says, okay, 10,000 men, all right, God, no, no, no. Too many. Oh, impossible. 10,000 against this army of the Midianites and all these people? That's too many in the army. I need at least 10,000. No, 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 God says, take them down to the water. I'm going to show you who I want. And he chooses 300 men out of 10,000. And and it's a little confusing in the text here. You can do your own research, but it's the ones that lap the water with their tongues. He chooses them. Those are the ones he will use with Gideon to defeat this huge army of the Midianites and the eastern peoples round about them. Wow. Well, I guess Gideon's quite a lot less reluctant than he was because he signed on for this and he's going ahead. Now, something really interesting happens here, I think. God now takes the initiative to say something to Gideon about his state of his heart and mind. And he says to him, Gideon, if you're afraid to attack the Midianites, this is in chapter 7, if you're afraid, I want you to get up right now, it's the middle of the night apparently, and take your servant Pua and go down to the Midianite camp, sneak in and listen to what they're saying, because you're going to be very encouraged to attack. Notice, he said, if you're afraid, at this point, Gideon had said, no, I'm ready, God, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. I've had all the tests I need, and I'm ready. Don't we do that? You know, sometimes, God, I'm ready. Why aren't you using me? I've studied, I've prayed, I've talked, I've done this and that and the other. I've had all of this training. I'm so mature, I'm ready. God says, there's a little bit more work we got to do, you know, but God helps him. He doesn't just leave him and say, well, you're afraid, so let's just forget the whole thing. He actually helps him through his fear. He shows him how to conquer it. So if we're still going in the direction of from reluctant to ready, he will work with us and bring us to the point he wants us to be. Well, Gideon gets up, he obeys, he goes with his servant Pua, and they go down to the Midianite camp, and they hear two men talking, two soldiers. And one of them says, I had a dream. He says to the other one, a barley loaf, which is the food of the poor people, barley, a barley loaf came tumbling into our camp, hit the tent, 
and it collapsed. And the other one says, that can only be the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the whole Midianite camp into his hands. Gideon heard this. Do you know what his response was? He worshiped God. He worshiped God because he knew that God had initiated an answer to the fear that he didn't even know he had. God took the initiative and God answered his prayer in a mighty way. Unmistakable, absolute. Now he's ready. Now he's ready. And it's really great to read what happened. Gideon got his 300 men, and here is when you have the Spirit of the Lord upon him, but you also have the leadership skills that God gave him within his personality, who he is. He took those 300 men, he divided them into three groups. He gave each of them a trumpet in one hand and a, and a torch, a lit torch apparently with a glass jar over it for their other hand. Okay? He chose the right time of night. It was between the, they had just changed shifts, you might say, or whatever, anyway. And he said to them, watch what I do. And when he gave the word, they all blew their trumpets and yelled out, for the Lord and for Gideon. And they smashed those jars, held up those torches, sounded the trumpets, and at that point, God did his part more than enough. He caused every one of those soldiers to turn on the other one with their swords. They started killing each other at that moment. And the ones who could fled, the ones who managed to escape, and Israel pursued them and ended up killing the Midianite leaders and a couple of the kings later on. They had a fantastic victory. And the land had peace for 40 years after that victory. What happened? God took a reluctant man and made him ready. God can do that with us. Every one of those issues that Gideon dealt with, we deal with too, don't we? Fear, doubt, questions, Problems, personal problems. God can deal with all of it. Nothing is too hard for him. And the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 34, when it's talking about the various heroes of this time, mentions Gideon. And it says he turned weakness into strength. He made him powerful in battle. He's talking about our guy, isn't he? He's talking about someone who felt weak. Guess what? He was now the mighty warrior that God saw way back when he was hiding from the Midianites. God wants to speak into your life too. And we can do that for each other. You know, we can look at one another and we can see what God is doing sometimes, can't we? We can see something you may not see. You're a worship leader par excellence. You may not realize how much God is upon you. You know, each person has something beautiful 
that we may not be fully aware of. God may use you beyond these walls. Jim, God may use each of you way more. And there's a giant around us sometimes, isn't there? There's a big army around us many times, either of our own making in our own head or for real. But guess what? We go in the strength we have. We go in the faith we have. It may be small, but his is without limit. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that there's no limit with you. You're not exhausted. You're not tired. You're not weary. You're not limited. Make us ready, Lord, if we're not willing, if we're fighting it, or if we're on the way, but we need encouragement. Make us ready. We want to say, yes, Lord, and mean it from our whole heart. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.